Last time in John on the Ronda, I told you about a book I've written, the great Welsh anti-novel, and how it begins. It's election night, February 1974. At a bus stop on Pandy Square, a painfully thin 17-year-old is waiting. He's waiting for two friends to join him, two girls. He's waiting for the bus to Triorchy and thinking about a third girl. He's waiting for his life to begin. And on that icy bus stop, prompted by the ghosts of the Tonopandi riots and the great struggles of years gone by, 1910, 1921, 1926, this awkward teenager makes a vow, a vow that will change the course of history. <laughs> Well, of his story, anyway. If you hadn't guessed, this Rhonda novel of mine draws deeply on my own experiences. As a painfully thin 17-year-old, trying to grow up in 1974 myself. Jack, the hero of my novel, is rather like me as I was then. Awkward, intense, obsessed with odd notions, like the idea that though he's tone deaf, he can write the great Rhonda rock song. So it's a comic novel full of jokes and puns. The historian Di Smith, a distinguished novelist, has been kind enough to describe my book as entrancing, moving and genuinely funny. And there are many things that it's been a joy to write about. I mentioned three of them last time. My upbringing, my education, the Rhonda itself. But other things it's brought to the surface haven't been so easy for me to deal with. I've had to really wrestle with them, and it's difficult to talk about them even now. Things about belief, about doubt. Things I'm still learning about myself, about life. Things, crucially, I'm only beginning to bottom out as I've been writing the novel. Last time I told you that one of the ideas my playful anti-novel plays with is the old Welsh tradition of triads, the triads of the Isle of Britain. Listings of famous heroes, significant places and events, three by three. So let me take my cue from the novel itself once again. Let me try to talk about the three things the book wrestles with. And then, in a bonus triad, I'll tell you the three most important things you need to know about my novel. The three things I'm wrestling with in The Great Welsh Anti-Novel. First, bullying. Though he comes from a loving family, Jack's home life as an only child, living with his grandparents, marks him out as an odd bod. Here's a passage which begins to explain why. His haircut, his clothes, his whole house, gloomy with varnished sideboards, coal scuttles and Bible-black Bibles. All of this was old-fashioned, stuck in the past. It had no part in the world of electric fires and the daily mirror and formica tabletops. The world normal children lived in. And not being normal, leaves poor Jack vulnerable to bullies. 
you're right to guess that this is something I've experienced myself, and even half a century later, I found it terribly difficult to fess up to and to write about. But it wasn't as daunting as the second thing I wrestled with. God. I told you last time about Jack's father, a lay preacher and a scripture teacher whose deep Christian faith leads him to help his neighbours in practical ways as well as spiritual ones. Salvation is the most important thing in Jack's father's life, but Jack simply can't bring himself to accept it. I have faith, his father tells him one night when he's still very young, that whatever happens, my son, the Lord is at work in your life. His love is seeking to shape you, like the potter working his clay. Jack went to his bed, imagining his soul as a heavy, soggy mass, and the hands of God, the thumbs of God, ready to press down on him in the night, the instant he fell asleep, eager to mould him, to fashion him into something that he was not. The image, the potential reality, horrified him. He fought against it, obstinate in his wrestling with the angels of the Lord. In real life, I wrestled with it too, for all that I loved my father, and I wrestle with it still. The final part of this triad is a bit more difficult to explain. It's an idea I'm wrestling with, an ideal that's beguiled me all my life. The novel explains that Jack and his gang call themselves the Society of Friends. There was something special in their commitment to each other, something pure and demanding. Already they'd spent so much precious time together, they were so much part of each other's hopes and dreams, so bound up in each other, that Jack knew that nothing could come between them. All of them so different, but with so much in common so intimate that it could hurt. Later in the novel, the demands of performing together in Shakespeare's Twelfth Night draw those bonds even tighter. The intensity was exhausting, and yet like some extended drug-fueled trip, or so Jack imagined, the thing itself gave you the stamina to go on experiencing it, and to experience it so vividly in each and every moment. For those few weeks, they lived inside a metaphor, or rather they lived it out, a metaphor for an ideal society, where the from each and the to each is in perfect balance. Again, you'll guess that I'm drawing on my own real-life experiences here. I wonder if you've ever hit a patch in your life where everything fell into place, your thoughts, your dreams meshed with those of other people, and gave you, with a kind of dizzy excitement, a sense that anything, everything, was possible. For me, in those emotionally charged years of my sixth form, I found a group of friends who seemed, if only briefly, to embody what I'd always been looking for. A safe haven, a kind of heaven on earth even, an ideal way of living and being, a vision of what humanity could and should be. It was like being hooked, that special circle of intense creativity, of mutual trust, of intelligence, loyalty and, 
Yes, love. It's something that, consciously or not, I've tried to recreate at other stages of my life, at university, and then with a group of young Turks who came together in the teeth of bitter criticism to launch Wales's first ever national radio station. What Jack and I have to try to square is the relationship between that tight little group, the chosen few if you like, and the wider society, between the society of friends and the streets they walk together, the streets, as the novel puts it, where everyone shared a common history, but not everyone was a special friend. It strikes me that there's a kind of parallel here with the salvation that Jack's father preached about. Unless this charmed circle extends to everyone, unless it includes even those who are unable or unwilling to sign up, isn't it just a kind of selfish, self-regarding exclusivity? Can, should paradise be reached by leaving others behind? What if no one can be truly saved, be truly human, unless and until everybody is? The Great Welsh Anti-Novel by John Geraint is published by Cambria Books. C-A-M-B-R-I-A. -A. It's available from cambriabooks.co.uk and of course from all good bookshops. And you can listen to me reading a series of exclusive extracts beginning next time in John on the Ronda. Oh, I nearly forgot. That bonus triad. The three most important things you need to know about my novel. First, that it's a work of fiction. Second, that it's a work of fiction. And third, that it's a work of fiction. That's what I keep telling those old school friends of mine anyway. Mind you, I have to admit that Jack does have an uncommon amount in common with me, including, as I said, his dreams about writing the great Rhonda Rock song. Here's one that features in the novel, one I wrote earlier. Or was it Jack who wrote it? Buying in a car on a pandy Smashed up like a bottle of coke Driving on a bottle of brandy Someone's idea of a joke Just made the bend by the plaza Can't see the shade on the lights Feeling like Samson in Gaza On a ton of panty ton up tonight Ton of panty ton up Gonna take a run up New road faster than light Ton of panty ton up My angel see the sun up Before I get to bed tonight Everybody's wanting the answers Written down and sealed in advance Everybody's watching the dancers Who's gonna get up and dance Everybody grabs what's progressive Everybody digs what's their own 
Maybe we're just too possessive To turn the whole world upside down Tired of panic, tied up and gonna take a run up New road, faster than light Tired of panic, tied up, might just see the sun up Before I get to bed tonight Tonight. 